Opportunities in life come through moving, growing, and changing. You can't expect much to happen if you're just sitting there waiting for opportunity to fall out of the sky. Though actually, a former coworker of mine said on social media yesterday that a tiny kitty fell onto her porch last night. She suspects that an osprey dropped it from high in the sky. The poor little thing's back legs are broken, but luckily it fell onto the right porch because my former coworker thinks it's fate. She's taken the cute little kitten to the vet and they'll probably be best of friends for years to come. But when it comes to us, when I was a younger man, I had to move to change and grow and move I did everywhere I went. Now though, I mostly stay in place while my kids do the growing and changing. The only thing that happens to me is I watch my follicles fall to the ground as I manage it all. But it might be time to get moving again like I did when I was younger. In fact, I remember moving from Florida to Georgia right when I crossed the state line heading north. Georgia On My Mind by Ray Charles played on the radio. Those are the nuances that you can't get by streaming music. The regional variants of the radio on a road trip. And maybe that's what we're all missing these days. As we talk about donors being genuine and more about the radio while we reach the perfect frequency for joshing around. One of my favorite regional radio delights was something called the Swap Shop out of Jacksonville, Florida. This wasn't just a show, but an entire station devoted to... Let's just call it that flea market life. This is where people would call into the show and the host would listen to the goods that they had laying around their house and then try and facilitate a transaction with other listeners. So people would call in and say, Hey, I got four scented candles that I don't think I'm going to use anymore. And the host would come in and say, Well, that sounds great. What kind of candles are they? I mean, what do they smell like? And then the caller would continue, Well... It says patchouli, but if you ask me, it's more like rotted mango. Well, we got plenty of people, would say the host, that like the smell of scented rotten mango candles, so we'll get back to you. And then the listeners would call up, Hey, I need a candle. You got them patchouli candles? And they'd say, yeah, we do. What's your buyer number? Buyer number 742878. I'll pick up on the west side, because that's how it worked. There were a couple locations you could pick up from. I never got to purchase anything from there, but later in my career, I did have to pick up an advertising check, and it was a sad, desolate place that is no longer on the airwaves these days. Being skilled is certain to provide opportunity, as is evident in the most recent list by job website Glassdoor, where they rank the top 10 highest paying jobs in America according to median-based salary. Healthcare dominates the top of the list with physician pharmacy manager and pharmacist coming in at the top three spots. After that, aside from an attorney and a nurse, technology runs away with the list. We've got an enterprise architect, software development manager, software engineering manager, podcast host, and software architect rounding out the top 10. So you better know your way around technology if you hope to fare well in the present and beyond. But that's not enough because those technology jobs aren't found where they used to be. Due to rising costs in Seattle and Silicon Valley, many tech sector employers are setting up instead in Wisconsin, Colorado, and even down by me here in Florida. So remember to keep those skills sharp when seeking success, but also be prepared to get moving. In many cases, even after finding success, it's still important to move and change in order to grow, as is the case with Vermont gubernatorial candidate Christine Halquist, 
who secured the Democratic nomination for governor yesterday, even though she'd never held public office before. Before securing the nomination, Ms. Halquist served as the CEO of the Vermont Electrical Co-op for 13 years, successfully running that electric company before running for governor. In addition to all that, Christine Halquist also happens to be the first national candidate of a major party running for governor that also happens to be transgendered. My dad has a tendency to change the names of celebrities in the films that she's seen. Who can blame her, though? Dad's been going to the movies for over 60 years. How can I expect her to keep up with all those names? The other day was a real doozy, though, when she was telling me about The Spy Who Dumped Me, starring Ashton Karcher's wife, Milo Curtis. Going back to Vermont for a minute, candidate Halquin tells people with regard to going from a political unknown to securing the Democratic nomination for governor, that this isn't the hardest thing she ever did. In fact, she says, after transitioning, everything else looks pretty easy. I can only imagine with how difficult it must have been considering family, friends, and people on the outside looking in, what they might think and how they might judge, it had to be a difficult decision. In fact, I still haven't fully accepted my dad's transition, and that's not fair, because I'd accept anyone else with open arms, yet the person I love the most, I'm slow to come around on. But you know who doesn't care? My kids. Kids really don't care about any of that stuff, as long as you're genuine. That's simple advice on a better life offered by the welcoming hearts of children worldwide. Be genuine. Transition yourself to who you were meant to be. Maybe that doesn't mean to switch genders, but it means something that only you know the real answer to. Maybe it's time to be true and become the real you. I've said it before, one of my favorite radio pleasures was found during the late 90s when I lived in Atlanta and listened to a small college radio station called Album 88. In the overnights, their format would change from music to simply offering ambient noise on album 88. I loved it so much I try to emulate that format here today with similar segments of our own. You're listening to ambient noise on anchor.fm. Funny enough, it was the day my dad came out to me and made it official that she was a woman now that I finally felt free. Free to open up and be myself, not just on this show, but in life in general, without fear of being judged. And while it's true that I still must obey the laws of man, God, and the universe, otherwise I live life dancing like no one's watching, which for me involves somewhat of a hipper version of the river dance. I did a lot of hip river dancing when I lived in Gainesville, listening to Magic 101.3, a station that was dubbed as your urban alternative. They claim to be the number one station in the market according to the Arbitron rating system, and they wouldn't let you forget it with promo after promo that insisted they were Arbitron rated number one. The latest scandal du jour involving President Trump concerns the possible existence of a tape where he's overheard using the N-word. I wonder if we imagine all the former presidents of the United States serving in present day, how many would have suspicion of an N-word tape lurking? Now keep in mind, only one of our former presidents is allowed to use that word, but with that in mind, I bet it's possible that every one of them had a tape out there live. 
Everybody except maybe sweet Jimmy Carter, but he was from Georgia, so maybe even that's pushing it. Though it doesn't exist anymore, one of my favorite radio stations was... which was home to Orlando's version of the Roll Call, which is a game that urban stations would play across the nation where the DJ would start saying, it's the Roll Call, it's the Roll Call. And then he'd say, what up, y'all, what you got to say? Who's calling on the jam lines today? And then they would take calls from various callers who were on beat. So it'd be like, my name is Elmo, and I'm from the street. Don't catch me red-headed, I'll take off a red feet. And then the DJ jumped back in like, yo, that's dope and you know it's divine. Who else is calling on the jam lines? Thanks for taking my call, though I'ma make you squirm as I'm dropping the ball and the topic turns to sperm. A recent article in The Guardian suggests that one of the United States' greatest exports these days is donated sperm. According to the article, the United States and Denmark lead the way in sperm donations, with companies from both countries claiming their supply is the biggest. And while those claims go with the territory, it seems that the market is dominated by the United States and Denmark because of laws for anonymity. Donors prefer to remain anonymous, and for many years so did those folks who utilized the donations, though today many of those people do want the donors to have non-anonymity for when their children reach the age of 18. In addition to laws regarding non-anonymity concerning sperm donors, in many countries around the world, it's illegal to pay someone for their donated sperm. Instead, it's a rare occasion when countries like the United States, Denmark, and China, which does not outsource their sperm, allow donors to receive $30 to $130 per sample. As well as regulating if and how much a sperm donor can be paid, Countries also regulate how many families one donor may give to. In the United Kingdom, one donor may only be the source of 10 families. In Spain, one donor can only be the father to six families, including his own. Whereas in Denmark, one man can be the father to 12 people domestically, but around the world, they just have to follow the laws of other countries. In the United States, though, in true capitalist fashion, you can be the head of as many households as you can. In doing a little more research, it turns out that one of the world's major players in sperm donation, the Danish company Cryos, has locations not far from me in Orlando. But then I found you must abstain from sex or otherwise for at least two days or more before donating. So, unfortunately, you'll have to count me out. Of all the radio stations I've listened to and been inspired by, I certainly owe the most to National Public Radio. It was there I learned to consider all the things while taking in news and stories from a myriad of voices. None brighter, though, than Carl Castle, an American radio personality best known as a newscaster on National Public Radio and later as the official judge and scorekeeper of the weekly news quiz show, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. That's where they would quiz you about the happenings in the news over the last week, and if you won... Carl Castle would leave the outgoing message on your voicemail. So with that in mind, please call in anchor.fm slash joshuaround or visit our website at joshuaround.com or on the social blogs at joshuaround. Let me know your favorite part of the show, maybe the funniest joke or gag or the best story you've ever heard me tell. And if you win, 
because I consider subjectively that yours was the best, I'll leave an outgoing message on your voicemail or whatever the 21st century equivalent happens to be. And with that, c'est la vie. Don't let the day come to you. Instead, do your thing and make today come. Then donate that goodwill to someone in need. As we finish the show, I thank you for tuning in. I hope I've inspired you. In the end, sharpen your skills, bask in ambient noise, and speak your mind in an effort to remain genuine. As I step off my soapbox, get on your pony, swap convention for authenticity, and elicit real change by finally being yourself. Until the next time I lend a hand, doing a job I call joshing around.